Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Shillin' and Chillin'. I'm your host, Icon Jester, and today we have a very special guest, Trevor Forever. He's joining us today. He's got um, some uh, gutter cats and board ape. He's um, been in the community for quite a while now, so just wanted to get his view on the NFT space today. So welcome, Trevor. Thanks for joining us. Good man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of start off by telling us a little bit about your entry into the NFT space. How long have you been into it? Um, kind of how you got indoctrinated into it? Um, you know, some of your first projects, stuff like that. Yeah, I got into it uh, pretty much last May. Um, what was it? I remember first hearing about NFTs and looking at them. And I was like, what is this stupid shit? You know, I was just like that people aren't spending the crypto punks was the first thing that I saw and I could not wrap my head around it. Um, and then I started watching more videos, uh, basically Gary Vaynerchuk, he, most of his videos talking about it. And I was going to give his, uh, V friends a chance. And I just remember going into the discord and it was just flooded. Like it, you couldn't, I hate discords like that. Like that was, it was terrible. So I, I tried to get the, the mint, but I remember his being a duck auction and I just couldn't bring myself to get it at a 0.5. Um, I think that was the cheapest one that it went down to was point point five ETH at the time. Mm. And then be, I'm pretty sure because of his project was when ETH started to spike to like uh, 5,000 or like close to like 4,500, 5,000 time uh, last May, like May, June. Yeah. But uh, so I decided not to get the V friend and went ahead and got myself a board ape. Um, at the time I got two. My first one, first one was a spinner hat. And then I went ahead and flipped it for my uh, DMT ape. And then just one drunken night, I decided to buy my cheetah ape and not even like realize it till the next day. <laughs> and I decided to hold on to that one. Um, and then like when they started to just like spike, they, they went crazy. So around um, five Ethereum, you know, I was around like, uh, I think $16,000 at the time. I was like, you know, cause I pretty much bought it for 800 and it was worth 16,000. I was like, that's, that's the best investment I've ever made. Like I'm, I got to sell one and take some profit. Yeah. Fast. So I sold one and, uh, paid off my car. I got like a new, better apartment. Cause I was just tired of the shit place I was living in. Uh, and then, and then they really took off after that. So it's, you know, thank God I held on to one. So I'm going to be just like thinking about it every day. Like it's, it still hurts, but I got to like think about it positively. You know, it's like gains are gains. Mm -hmm. I was able to like take care of real world stuff. It's like, I, I'm still happy with like what I hold. I have my ape and then like a set of gutter cats and then uh, a few other little projects that I'm pretty happy to be in that I think are like hidden gems. Yeah, that's, I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, I think in this, it's so easy to, to kind of like beat yourself up about either bad decisions on letting things go too early or letting them go too late where you could have made, you know, gains on it and you just held on to it too long. I think the key is just like, be satisfied. You know, at the end of the day, if you make a game, that's, that's, it's a game, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's not, yeah, it'd be nice if you can, can always, can always benefit in the, the, the best way, but that's not, that's just not how it works. You know, it's, it's a definitely a gamble regardless. I know when I'm very similar to you, when I entered into the market, I was looking into different projects and board apes was something that obviously like, like piqued my interest at the time they were, I want to say it was like 2,800 us. I remember that. I, I don't, 
I think it was like a little over one ETH for for one of them. And the US dollar stands out, especially when you're first getting into a hundred percent. Yeah. And I remember telling my wife, I was like, hey, there's this picture of this monkey for $2,800. And I think I should buy it. And contrary to what probably most spouses would do, she's like, yeah, like you should totally do it. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, I know that you're very analytical. You've probably done a shit ton of research on it. If you're saying it's a good investment, it probably is. You should totally do it. And I just could not bring myself to spend $2,800 on a picture of a monkey. And so, yeah, definitely a regret of mine. I didn't, didn't jump into that. Um, I ended up aping into boring bananas and then kind of went into the non-fungible heroes side of things and aped into that pretty hard. I've got, I'm a pretty, pretty big holder in that, on that side and it's, it's doing well. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think the key is like a gain is a gain. You can't regret what is past. Uh, but it's really cool to see people that are, that are cashing stuff out and being able to have like real life change, making, making a difference in real life, I guess. You know, I've seen a lot of people that are just like holding on to their ETH and not doing anything with it when, and they're just basically living paycheck to paycheck and could do some really great things. So it's nice to hear someone that's actually like cashed out a little bit and, uh, and, and made some real life changes. I know I, I paid off my car with some sales too. So I'm, I'm on that, on that same train as you are. It's a great feeling. You should be able to just take care of stuff, especially cause it's a, like you just get such insane flips. Like if, it, if you get lucky enough to get into the right project, cause there's some that have just been like terrible. Like, the what was it? Misfits Academy, I think might be my worst one. Cause once they had like the whole little spiel about like the duct tape over the girl in like the dorm room it was it was pretty bad but everybody started dumping them so like you know i probably spent like 0.5 just scooping up like 11 of them and like they're they're, they're worthless so i just have like all these just sitting that i don't know what to do with but then randomly at times there's other projects that have like you know had real bad shit going on and then randomly they just flip like crazy so anytime i have something that's like just sitting in my wallet i try to list it for like a decent price and then you know get lucky if it just randomly sells one day and then i go look and the floor is like three times the price that i sold it <laughs> yeah, for yeah exactly yeah exactly no facts like i um i get that that's kind of i've been in projects like that before where you know the the price is kind of all over the place one really good example actually is wolfgang like i entered into wolfgang right when there was like some FUD going on and thought, okay, this is a good opportunity for me to get in the arts dope. It seems like the group that's kind of behind it is like working hard. And so I jumped into it and I didn't buy like a ton, but about like 25 and uh, the floor just like completely disintegrated to nothing, but there was still like a really strong community. Like I've never seen a community so strong that has like no floor at all. And the creator did something really interesting and unique. He basically like went in and changed the, he basically redid the contract and relaunched the project with the same, the same wolves and everything like that. And was able to basically transfer over to new contract. But what, what that did, cause he's a dev by trade. What it basically did was take down every single posting that was for sale. So if you had listed your, your wolf, it's no longer listed and it goes, it basically disappears in your wallet, but then reappears in your wallet again within, I don't know, it was like a couple hours. 
So people that aren't following the project probably didn't even realize it happened, but they, it automatically delisted all of the wolves. <laughs> and he put like this, this stipulation that if you, I forgot what it was to be honest, but it was something like if you, if you had it listed for X amount or something along those lines or didn't have it listed at all, then you got like a free airdrop of something else. And then he did this thing where he kicked out everybody that out of the discord that wasn't verified. So if you don't own a wolf, like you can't even be in the discord at all and did all this kind of like really radical stuff. And that floor starts bouncing back. I mean, it's not the floor, not great, but I mean, it's probably like five X what it was when it dropped. So it's yeah, gone up quite it. a bit. So funny. Um, so I know you had mentioned that, you know, you've got these, you've got these projects that you're invested in that obviously are, are strong projects, you know, like, um, gutter cats and, and, uh, board apes obviously are, are strong projects and that you're kind of just, I guess, surveying the land as it were right now. Is there anything that you're, you've been kind of looking at that seems intriguing? Um, not like really anything new, kind of like just still the older ones, like, um, there's this one project that I've been in, like basically from the start called ether fishing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like it's, it, it was probably like four or five months that I was just like, you know, watching the floor do nothing. Cause it, you know, it was a game promise. A lot of, you know, games like usually sell out with like big intention or whatever, but it was like a small, just little, little, uh, project where they didn't really have anything to show for it though. Cause they were like literally working on it. So like it, the, the floor did nothing pretty much forever and um you know but i i, I still believed in it mm -hmm. so i loaded it up i got up to i think 40 of them and now the i think originally i loaded up on like 25 of them at point one, and there were some deals in there where it's like i think one week i bought four of them and he did a offer where it's like if you buy one you get one free mm -hmm. so he's really trying to just like get rid of the initial 100 because there's a thousand of them right and um, so, like, I ended up loading up on them, and now most of them I got probably under uh, for point zero three, and the floor is at I think point zero seven right now. So still like nothing crazy, but um, what's cool about them is the like payback mechanic. So like the game's officially running; they're just finished its second season. Um, and if you play it, it's it's a real basic game. It's a click game. Um, you know, it's a just pointing click game, the little lure goes back and forth on like five tiles and you click it. And it's just, it's just something to do kind of like a daily challenge because you get one free cast every day. But, um, and then you, you can buy casts and buy like, you know, boats and whatever, all this other stuff for the game. That's cool. And it, it, it works pretty smoothly because you have to go, um, you have to set up an engine wallet for it because it works like on the engine platform or something. Ah. Um, so I had to, I had to set up a whole different wallet for that to get the payback um, mechanic going because they pay you back in the J engine, which is kind of like the engine coin, but wrapped. Mm. Um, so it was at first it was like a little hassle because you got to pay gas twice to, if I want to switch it over to ETH and then get over to my MetaMask wallet. Um, so the first payout, it was about like four J engine for each one. And I think that was about $3 at the time. Gotcha. So it was, it was a decent little payout. I got, uh, I think, close to like $600 at the time and then paid about like uh, 60 bucks to transfer it over to my MetaMask. Um, so, I, you know, I, re I really enjoyed that little payback mechanic. And then uh, Punk's Comics was probably like another early one I got into that did surprisingly well. Like they did a lot of stuff that I was not expecting. Cause I just wanted, you know, the first comic book 
those are going to be made like on Ethereum, but then you got the physical, which I'm still waiting for. I need to remember to get that. But like, that's what I, you know, I just wanted the physical one. So I got two of them and then like they released like, you know, all the other crazy stuff, the heroes and stuff. And then they have like the sidekicks coming and I was able to get like the free drops for like the planets. So it's like those, like those simple little projects have really like, you know, paid, paid back. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, um, the trend we're seeing, I know with the projects that we're dealing with, we have clients that come on board and they're just like looking for art projects for, you know, to, to release with us. We basically tell them, look, it's just, we're not, we're not in that world anymore. We have to have utility. We have to show value. You know, we're, one of our projects is doing a lot of like alpha, um, like an alpha channel basically with, with a really, um, high profile, uh, advisor. And, you know, I think it's bringing value to the community and that's what people are looking for now. You know, I think some art projects are, are still doing well, but very few and far between it's, it's predominantly the utility projects that are doing well. Um, one of the things that I've noticed as people get indoctrinated into the industry, there's, you have two factions, you have one that's strictly sticking to investment and the other that kind of transforms. I definitely was one of the ones that started off in the investment side and now obviously running um, OMM, you know, kind of have transformed into kind of behind the scenes uh, on projects. Have, is that something that you have expressed interest in? Are you interested in kind of creating your own project or being involved in, in project creation at all? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, any of the projects that I've been in, I've definitely like been in touch with the creators. Um, you know, I, I would like to do my own project, but it's just, I know there's a lot that goes with it and mm -hmm. I, you know, I get distracted easily. It's like, I say I want to do something and then I won't think about it again until next week. And, uh, that's not going to really fly if I'm working with other people, <laughs> but yeah, like it, you know, anytime, uh, anybody like wants to reach out to me, like with all the other projects that I've been getting into, but I, I like to look for, uh, you know, new artists or like, you know, just something that's like real small and hasn't like kicked off yet. And, um, like, uh, like Fat Baby is a good artist. She, the, they weren't small whenever I uh, first started like talking to them, but I like I really love their art style, you know. And um, they've done multiple like amazing projects, and uh, you know, I, they're almost somebody that I want to like try to like ask see how much. Because uh, they they've done multiple projects, so like through them, I want to like you know figure out how to get like a project going because they mm -hmm. they they mint on their own contract. I know that's like a real big part of um, anything. Uh, any new NFT projects nowadays is needing your own contract, especially after that uh, open sea debacle for like five hours where they limited the projects to like 50. Right. But then when like, you know, you look at it to see like why they actually did that there, there is a stupid amount of projects that are just like basically a waste of space. Cause you know, a, it is stolen work or B it is just straight like garbage. Like it's, and, and that's not, you know, fair for me to say, like to call stuff just straight garbage. But I feel like the garbage comes from the intent of making it. It's like, oh, let me just throw these assets into an AI, make 10,000 of them, put it up and then do that three different times or five different times with these different projects. And it's like that, you know, that their intent is just to like make money. They're not going to like, you know, put any continued value into the project. So that's why I choose to call it garbage. No, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, you know, uh, the the industry is, is super saturated. There's a project launching every five seconds. And, you know, that's one of the things that, so kind of how we developed here is we started off with, 
we're going to do marketing community management. And then as we kind of took on a few projects that we were working on, we were getting these ground up. So we, we worked on some projects that were kind of large and already had an established community and, you know, like Space Punks Club or um, like Boring Bananas and Non-Fungible Heroes, Weird Whales, stuff like that, uh, Derpy Perbs and, you know, some of the projects that are, are larger and already kind of had a following. But a lot of the projects that we've worked on were basically completely from scratch. So we started off with them. They didn't have a single person on our Discord. They didn't have anyone on Twitter. They didn't have a Twitter account. We created a Twitter account for them. We created a Discord for them and then started from the ground up, basically like marketing. Um, and one of the things that we noticed was we were getting quite a few like artists that were coming to us and they were like hiring a dev externally or trying to do like the dev work themselves through basically Googling um, a an open source contract. And we quickly realized that it's imperative that we have a dev in-house to either a work as the dev for the specific projects, or if they have their own in-house dev, be able to have a dev that looks over the contract to make sure there's no issues. We actually had a project fairly recently that um, relaunched and there was an issue with basically like the way the contract was written out, something very, a very simple mistake, but it caused the whitelist gas fee to be like four ETH. So, oh. yeah. And so obviously whitelist minting did not go well. Um, you know, so we had to pivot and, and kind of make some adjustments. But, you know, I think once our dev looked at it, he found the mistake within a few minutes. It was like, no, this is like definitely the issue here. And, and was able to resolve it pretty quickly. But I think, you know, like you're saying, it, it's really important that a strong dev is on the project. A lot of people are him and haw about like paying for a dev, but it's probably the most important thing for a project to go well. You can have all the hype you want, but as soon as like the launch doesn't go completely smooth, there's going to be a massive amount of FUD. 100%. So if this is a completely hypothetical and, and it's not, it's not a baited question, but if you could change one thing about the NFT space on like a project side, you know, like if you're going to create your own project, what do you think would be something that would be like a breath of fresh air that would be different than what we've already seen in the, in the market? What's missing? Well, if, if I was going to make an NFT project, I know what I would want to do would be like hundred percent just onboarding people. It's like, Oh, you don't have a wallet, make a wallet. Bam. You, you can get like a free NFT or like a free, like, you know, you can mint it for free. Um, or like, you know, just do it or, uh, you know, have people invite a friend and it's like, Oh, you know, you've been talking shit to your friends, showing off all your NFTs, like force them in there, you know, tell them to make a wallet, throw this like, you know, address at them, tell them to sign up for the whitelist and we'll give them a free NFT. And it's like, you know, you just do that for like the first like thousand people or something. I feel like that could really like bring a real community. Cause like, ah, oh, they don't, you know, it's hard to just go into random discords and see these people start like, I don't know. Like I, it's too much. Yeah, I think one of that's what's interesting about that. So that view is is very interesting because one of the thing, a couple of things I've noticed. So what non fungible heroes does, which I think is pretty interesting, I've never seen this in any other Discord. They don't do it to that extent, but what they have is if they have a new member of the community that joins and does not have like an NFH, they'll they'll go sh quote unquote shopping for that person. So it's like, all right, so tell me your budget and if you know what kind of things do you like, and then. 
they'll go and find an NFH that's like within your budget. That's like the kind of the visual of what you like. And I've seen before where they haven't really been able to to execute on that because of one reason or another, let's say that there's like not one available in their price range or whatever. And some of the like developers will pop in and go, Hey, look, I, you know, I, I see that this is your budget. And this is kind of what you're looking for in my wallet, because they're a whale. I'll uh, I can actually, I can sell you this one private sale, you know, for that price or whatever. And they get a really good value out of it. And it's that, that personal, that personal shopping that the community does they, and they enjoy it. Like people love, you know, like searching for deals and shopping for other people. And so it kind of works around all the way around and that creates like that relationship within the community. So I think that's really dope. The other thing that uh, we did on another project that, that our, our team was working on, we had a launch that coincided with when basically like the gas went crazy a few months ago and all the projects were basically in this whole pattern hardly anything was being minted and it was like for about a week where the gas was just outrageous in December. We had a project that launched and we had encouraged our, that project not to launch. We said, look, Hey, we should probably hold off on launch because it's like not probably the best timing, but they opted to do so anyway. And so the men didn't go quite as planned. And so what, one of the things we did to pivot and I think worked really, really well. Now, granted, this was on the IMX platform. So you know, you don't have to worry about gas fees and stuff. Um, but what they, what we did was we did like a buy one, get one free, which I thought was really, was really cool. And I've seen other projects do that as well. Like the buy one, get one free or buy one, get two free. I've even seen on some projects and it sucks me in a lot. I love that one. shit, man. That's got me like on three or four different projects. Yeah. It's great. I mean, you know, like, um, so uh, what's interesting, uh, we had, so Codename, who is a, a really heavy hitter in the in the NFT space. He was a guest on one of our previous podcasts, and um, he's a really heavy hitter in in Cool Cats. He's got I forget, like a hundred and something Cool Cats, and Ooh. yeah, well, he like was a re- original mentor, like a, a really really original mentor. So they had like two phases of minting. So they minted it first at some higher mint price, and then when it was like slow to mint, they reduce the mint price and then it sold out at the reduced mint price sometime afterwards and what they did was they went to the community and they said okay guys we reduced the mint price and we're, we apologize for that you know because like i know you guys paid the higher price i think they went from like 0.07 to 0.03 and they're like what would you prefer would you prefer like us to refund you or do you want extra mints and i don't know if it was and i don't know i wasn't clear if it was like a community decision or if it was like a case by case basis, but I know he chose for the additional mints. So he got airdropped like 60 extra <laughs> cool cats. And, yeah. And you know, they're like at six and a half ETH or something like that floor right now. And uh, he sold, you know, he sold a few of them. Um, and he's, but he's, I was talking to him and, and it was so interesting, like the, the different frames of reference. Cause a lot of people look at my wallet and they're like, Oh, you've got like almost 600, nfts like you you know you've got a ton of nfts and i was talking to him like this was on the podcast was like private and i was like hey curious like how many nfts do you have because you always talk about these projects you're invested in and he's a really big investor in lots of projects and he usually apes in pretty hard when he gets into them and he's like yeah uh i've got like five thousand nfts i'm like holy smokes that's crazy 
So uh, I'm at like 400 right now on mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think that's like a ton, right? Like anything like over like 200 is a lot of NFTs. I find. Um, it's more than I would have thought I would have a year ago. Yeah, no kidding. I yeah, yeah. I can definitely vouch for that. So um, as we wrap up, are there any kind of final thoughts that you'd like to to make regarding you know the future of NFTs and the NFT space? No, I guess just like, you know, going forward, I, I feel like we're starting to see a lot more hate towards the NFTs. I feel like it, you know, it might just be because it's kind of kind of hard not to be gloaty, you know? So it's like, oh, you know, I bought this for 800 or 300K now. Yeah. So, you know, just, I feel like we got to try to stay humble as we bring new people into it because, you know, not everybody's going to get a great first NFT and there's plenty of people that just get like hacked, scammed and like taken advantage of like, it's sad to see, but every day it's like, I feel like there's more scams and like legit projects out there now. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I think, um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I asked for you to come on the, come on here, you know, you and I've been in contact for God, almost a year. I think we've been kind of back and forth randomly on, yeah. on Twitter and stuff. Basically since the beginning of like NFTs, you're one of the first people I started talking to. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it was important to get you on because I think there's a, Definitely like now because of the the value of board apes, like this such this preconceived notion of like what these blue chip NFT holders are like. Like, oh dude, they're like arrogant or like they have they're just super, super freaking rich, or there's all these like um I think misconceptions. I and I wanna make sure we're stamping them out. I um I have a few different board ape holders that we're gonna have as guests, and I think it's important for us to realize that at the end of the day, like we're all, we're all still normal people, <laughs> you know, yes, there's some wealthy people that have all different types of things. Right. You know, like I, how many times have you driven by a house that has a Corvette and they've got this mansion and then you drive by a, you know, a rundown piece of garbage house that has a Corvette in front of it. You know, people at the end of the day will spend their money on what they want. And then in this market, it's so interesting because just like you're talking about, like you didn't, you didn't, it's not like you went and bought that board eight for $300,000, you know, like you've, you were able to get in early and take advantage of that. And that's hopefully God willing going to be the same situation that I'm in with like glue factory show and non-fungible heroes where I got in really early in the back end, it's going to be, a, you know, financially beneficial for me. And we'll look like I did something great, but at the end of the day, I I've, I've put out of my own pocket, I think like 10,000 us is what I started off with in this. Um, and it's kind of all I've invested and have been able to, you know, obviously, you know, translate that into something much greater, um, basically through, through some investments. But again, you know, Trevor, I appreciate you, you jumping on. If you guys want to reach out and contact Trevor, he's going to have all of his contact information in the description of this, um, of this, uh, this podcast. So make sure to hook, look him up and, and connect with him either on Twitter um, or on discord. His confirmation will be in there again, and we will talk to you guys next time on chilling and chilling.